This episode is brought to you by Explore STL. When you need a little inside guidance on where to eat, what to do, and which bed to lay your head in, go to explorestl.com. The inside scoop for staycationers and vacationers. Now, soccer dad mom time. Hello. Howdy. Gentlemen, 2024 is upon. Happy New Year. Do you feel alive? I feel cold. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that's uh, chilly. Not my problem. <laughs> We're back. Another episode of the Soccer Dad Pod. First one uh, recorded in 2024. Yep. Correct. We, we dropped a few. While on vacay, uh, they were recorded in December, dropped in 2024, but this is officially, we're in the new calendar. We are. I was, it. it was hot and heavy in December there to the point where I'm like, <laughs> I'll do the break, and then, you know, we've had that break, and I'm ready. I'm, 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 I'm chomping at the bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go uh, with the correct sayings in 24. I'll only butcher them every other saying. So are we officially putting to rest biting at the bit then? No. No, yeah, because that's still it's gonna come back. applicable. <laughs> Whoa. <this> Jesus. <laughs> what did you do? Did you do like Duolingo English <laughs> yeah. on your break? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, I'm rolling us in here with a little bit of uh, the PJ Pearl Jam, uh, kind of in honor of my yeah. holiday yeah, yeah, yeah. rendezvous. Out west. In the great northwest. P&W is what I was told. The P&W. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Just call it Seattle. Yeah. It's got a better ring to it. Well, it's like when you say IBK and I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, that's your fault. Because like, we talk oh, about it often. It's obviously instant, or Innsbruck. Yeah. Uh, yes. The home of pickleball. <laughs> no, that's Coral Gables, <laughs> Florida. I learned <laughs> earlier today. I don't know, man. It's become the home everywhere. Um, yeah, we were out there, uh, as most of you know, uh, friends of mine, you guys obviously know, uh, Santa Claus doesn't give us presents, gives us plane tickets. So we started off Pacific Northwest, a couple days, tons of food, sushi was out of this world. Um, Pike Place Market did the whole thing, went to what they tell you is Starbucks number one, but it's actually number five. Starbucks number one doesn't even exist anymore. Really? Did you catch a salmon? Uh, I had bites. I did not put any in my boat. I'm talking about no, at the market. At Pike Place. Did, when they when they threw oh it. yeah Pike Place fish. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, they have a dedicated fish that sits on top of the fresh fish that you throw over and over and over. Correct. And that thing looked like a I, fish that had been thrown around. It kind of looked like. I mean, imagine you take a half-cooked brat, and throw it around amongst 500 people for a day. That's what it looked like. Horrible. Uh, I will say this, though. Incredibly beautiful. The ride, though, because we, we did this in, in stages. Yeah. Seattle, a little bit of Portland, a whole lot of Oregon coast, Redwoods, and then uh, San Francisco, San Jose did the coast there. <clears throat> Phenomenal. I mean, we've been all over the, the country mm-hmm. for the game we love, right? Yes. Road trips, 
Highway 1, take your pick. West Virginia Byway, right? You take that going to the East Coast, arguably one of the best interstates in the country, going through those mountains. This road trip, though? I told you. Ace of spades. The PNW is the most beautiful place in the continental United States to me. I I was on the fence because I hadn't been there in 20 years. But once we hit the 101 and you go from rock cliffs, ocean, into the woods, and back to the beach, and into the woods. Yeah. yeah. Out of this world. Dude. Can't beat it. You're a road trip guy. What's your yeah. favorite road trip? Where do you go? Like, you dream road trip U.S. style. What are you doing? I don't have a favorite one. I like them all, but I, I mean, I, just wherever the game takes me. <laughs> I-70 from City Park no, to Winesville. <laughs> I'll do uh, just just wherever the kids play, and um, that's that's my favorite one. I want to do a Maine down to Atlanta. Uh, yeah. Uh, East Coast. I haven't done. I, the, there's three or four states in the in the P&E, which they don't call it that. Yeah, because A&E. it's the Atlantic. Um I have not been to Maine. I have not been to uh, Vermont. New Hampshire. Hampshire. Yeah, I'm with you. <clears throat> I'd like to go. Uh, Jared, how was your how was your break, man? Uh, mine was great, man. Mine was relaxing. Um, we didn't do um, – ours wasn't as jam-packed as yours, but it was relaxing and a lot of family, a lot of eating, a lot of booze. Um, In which order? Uh, booze, booze for me eat, first. Then family. Uh, eat, and then uh, family as long as it took. and zachary um you kind of you went off the grid a little bit we did we went down to costa rica and that was our first time going to costa rica will not be the last we are already planning a trip back next winter and i fell in love with it the people were cool the food was great you said the food was just mediocre it was great in the sense that it wasn't cheeseburgers all the time. Taco Bell. Right. So it wasn't the highlight by any means. In fact, it wasn't top three for me, but the scenery and the people and just the things to do were... What is uh, Pura Vida. Pura Vida. Right, right. Beautiful life. Did you feel unsafe ever? I, other than driving a little bit. But they did (laughs) find a scorpion. We found a scorpion. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. Because for six days out in the, the actual desert, yep. scorpion hunting was blanks. I think it was too cold for him. Too cold. Yeah. Could have been, yeah. Not no, it was, it was awesome. I, I, I highly recommend it, and um, right. I think it was... What I did here today was if you are going into one of the major towns, make sure you don't just walk around downtown with your luggage and walk around with it because people will take it. <laughs> but I think that's just about anywhere in the world. Yeah, that, I mean, what that scenario would you walk that happens around in downtown Webster. with luggage? If you get dropped off after the airport or you're waiting for an Uber, <laughs> I don't know. At I, the I, Bikini I, Casino? I, I didn't understand the, the context of that statement either, but I just had it as a PSA. Yeah, okay. Know. Okay. Uh, let's get a couple things out of the way, then I want to roll us into the pinnacle points. First off, uh, Ambush, St. Louis, Shelly, and P. And team over there, thank you for continuing to support the show. Um, if you're a fan of the game, we are in winter season. Head out there. Go check it out. It's fast-paced. It's fun. Beers are way affordable. And cold. First, they were exceptionally cold, weren't they? Yeah. I yeah. kind of hurt your hand cold. Whoa. It was good. Go check them out. Um, also, Explore St. Louis. Uh, they are responsible for telling our city's story all over the country, technically all over the world. 
Um, so many things going on. Uh, a lot of momentum occurring in the city right now. So if you're listening and you're from another soccer market and you know you're coming in town for a tournament or you just need a getaway, uh, plenty to do. Uh, Zach, what are you going to do? What are you going to eat in St. Louis here in the next 30 days that somebody not from here would be down to do? Well, I am looking forward to Andy Guns opening back up. They've been doing a renovation oh, yeah. on a new wing uh, to expand dining. That's where I'd like to head out. So Andy Guns, Chesterfield. Chesterfield Valley. Jared, what are you doing? You know, uh, I'm going to take it away from soccer a little bit. I think a fun event is that winter warm-up for yeah. the Redbirds. Um, that's going on. Um, I think you could have some fun there, especially if you're a baseball fan. They call it baseball heaven. Um, this show, we're not crazy baseball people, but uh, and quickly into February, our first home games, CONCACAF. Yeah, twenty tw February twenty and yeah. then twenty four first 24 league game, right? Yeah. Game. So I'll be there. Um, that's something I'm going to do in the near future. Uh, if you have littles or even mid sized things that eat your food and sleep in your house, go to City Museum. Come to town. It is the most insane museum you'll find anywhere in the country. To be honest with you, uh, come check it out. Pinnacle points of the daytime. Chris Bill crew over the pinnacleloans.com thanks for supporting the show uh jared you did your homework today you got, yeah, a, pin you got a pinnacle I, point you what know, you got? i got a couple different ones but the first one i'm going to go with <clears throat> excuse me is uh the u.s men's national team released their january uh camp roster um Stay away from social media on this one, folks. Um, <laughs> people are freaking out. Clearly, it's an MLS. It's an all-MLS roster. Um, our January camps over the years have been MLS-laden. Uh, there's been people from the MLS involved in the camp. This one is the first one where it's just all MLS. And I think if you're a fan of our na national team, um, we don't sit here. We don't need to name the the, the people that are actively playing in Europe. Um, I think that the real fans of our game know who our players are that are going to make up our current best group of our national team. The reason I like this January All-MLS camp is there's some exciting names in it. There's a there's a St. Louis name in it. Patrick Schulte gets the nod. Um, uh, I like the Cade Cal kid. He goes. There's that, that rumor with him in Mexico. But he, here's my point. We know the team, the nucleus of the team. They're mainly in Europe. They're mainly mainstays. This is the perfect opportunity for our domestic league and for these kids that get called into this camp for somebody to separate themselves so they can get thrown into the mix in a World Cup that's coming in two years. So I'm going to jump on top of this, and my pinnacle point is fall, is 1B to yours. And I'm glad you brought this one up because I find it not even funny anymore. I find it pathetic that the soccer, quote, cool kids see news like that and immediately jump all over it as get, if it's... Uh, angry. Yeah, like, oh, this is embarrassing, blah, 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 right? Okay, but then when you have zero MLS players on a roster, then they're the exact opposite, like, well, blah, how are we ever going to have a professional league that's relevant? Why are players ever going to come here? So, A, which is it? And B, brings me to my pinnacle point of the day. You saw the news. We were joking about it last night. Sporting Kansas City announces yesterday that they are going to move their game against Miami to in the season. With, with, with Miami, and by the way, you're listening. Inter Miami is the team with Messi. Period. And a new Suarez. And Suarez, and Messi, 
and Messi's wife will be there and Messi's kids will be there. Right? It's a messy show. You, their park is 24,000 cap. Out by the furniture so market. Yeah, yeah. Way the hell out. Almost to Salina, Kansas. So they move the game to Arrowhead because they're the soccer capital of the world, right? Yep. So you put it in your biggest space. Coincidentally, they're getting pissed off. They're having World Cup games at Arrowhead. Yeah, Are kind they of mad a, about that? Yeah, kind of a, a good litmus test. Yeah. Right? Uh, and and they lose their minds. Well, this is an insult to season ticket holders, and this is not pure to our you know, club and fandom. And, and it's like, it's the same fucking argument that you were just talking about from the MLS on the national team standpoint. Like, you guys don't like anything. You just hate all things that are given to you. And I'm not surprised that it came out of Kansas City. If St. Louis had Miami on the schedule and the DeWitts or the Explore STL in the city, the sports commission goes to the, the, the uh, Christie and crew and said, hey, you got Messi coming in. How many tickets do you think you can sell? Well, if we had 60,000 seats, we'd sell them. Well, guess what? We have a dome. Or forget the dome. Let's go to Bush Stadium. 54,000. How about 54? And Would that Bush work? Stadium is so cut up and it's even weird. But Arrowhead is okay for a soccer game. I, yeah, but my point is like St. Louis, inevitably, there would be a crew of, quote, purists that play more FIFA with their thumbs than their feet. They'll lose their minds over it not being at the stadium. But why? Why? Why do we Why, why would do we their do this? purist fans not want Sporting KC, the organization, to cash in on the extra ticket revenue because they can jump on Because they have a false sense of what it means to be a fan. Another word for that is reality. Uh, that would work as well. <laughs> and that's not unique to Kansas City by any means. But I'm going to jump over into another MLS topic, which is Colorado Rapids, who are in the news because they just signed, uh, I'm sorry, LAFC, just signed Hugo Lloris from Tottenham. How, you, I knew and, you were going to bring that up. Uh, who cares about Tottenham? And the, perver- the proverbial fourth place team. Did you hear the other person who might be coming over to LAFC? Are they from Tottenham as well? No. They're from Real Madrid. Uh, Modric. Benzema. No, well, he's in Saudi. Well, he came from Real to Saudi for one year. I think he's going to come over to LAC with his former French teammate, Hugo Lloris. So in LA, you have Lloris, Benzema, Miami. You ha- basically you have Barcelona too. Yeah. So you, I have, think th- you have three players that are aggregate 100 years old. Yeah, that could still... <laughs> Do some pretty good shit. I have a pinnacle (laughs) point for as a segue. It's 2024. We just mentioned happy uh, happy New Year. Uh, Forty years ago in 1984. Yeah. um, First off, fun (laughs) fact: Van Halen released their sixth album today, and uh, you know songs like "Jump" on this day, on this day day in 1984. Yeah. And I can just picture our guest today. With his team, you know, you know, going through starting spring season, just blaring Van Halen in the Camaro, um, you know, leading into their national champion. Tin Buck says he's got a Tiger T-shirt and uh, Van ha- and Eddie Van Halen undies on. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go, because <laughs> he just looks like a Van Halen guy to me. Uh, we're going to take a break just here in a second because actually we're out here at Fenton Bar and Grill. 
to meet our guest today. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to get some refills in just a second. I want to throw out a couple quick pinnacle points on top of all this. Uh, Franz Beckenbauer passed uh, away. Uh, yeah. I... Uh, the, all over any media outlet, in any language, Beckenbauer is viewed as the greatest German player of all time. Kaiser. Um, so, rest in peace. Appropriate for our show with all of our NASL stars that we've true, had. True, yeah. true GOAT. Uh, and then the other one I was going to talk about briefly, because uh, I want to get your guys' opinions. You guys care about it way more than I. Uh, Michigan Wolverines national champs. Worth it? Not worth it? I uh, thought the game, I, I mean, you guys know I watch college football mostly because Tennessee and, and what that who? joy or pain brings to me every season. <laughs> um, but Michigan dominated every minute of that game. There was a, a brief moment where they might have gone down a little bit and J.J. McCarthy runs out of the end zone for 40 yards and, and never looks back. Does Harbaugh stay at Michigan? No, he's already signed an NFL agent. He's gone with all the noise from the bullshit and suspension. He's gone. But my favorite part about it is they did dominate. And I love his dad and his mom there. And Jim Harbaugh, oh, yeah. whether you like him or hate him, he wins the national championship. His brother is coaching the number one seed in the AFC playoffs starting this weekend yep. where they don't play. They got to buy. But mom and dad probably having a lot of fun right now. Something in that water. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to roll out here on the the bookend of my trip. I'm going to play a little San Francisco music for you guys here, a little White Rabbit on the way out. When we come back, we're going to be talking all things F-Bag, ACC, <laughs> Dragons, probably a lot of other shit, too. What do you think? Mediocre probably. chicken wings. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, buying a home, it's kind of a big deal. Never has there been more competition to buy, so few homes to choose from, all made worse by an uncertain interest rate landscape. Now that you're short a bedroom for the third kid, you're in the wrong school district, and a walkable corner pub isn't nearly close enough, it's time to reach out to the Pinnacle Loan Team for help. They work with a network of agents that have their feet on the ground across the whole region and have a number of loan products that are cost-effective with a process that is simple. Basically, they've got you covered from start to finish. So when it's time to buy, visit thepinnacleloans.com. That's thepinnacleloans.com, simply the best in home loans. <laughs> We're back. We're out here at Fenton Barn Grill. Is this Steely Dan? No. <laughs> Says the kid from Washmo. <laughs> Sticks? No, no. It's, uh, it's our fellow carpool co-host of the day. Pointed out a little while ago that on this day, 40, 40 years ago, one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time released one of their greatest albums of all time, Van Halen, 1984. <laughs> and as J-Rod alluded to, there's a lot of overlap in the show today with our guest this year. Go ahead, Jared. Run, run, run the intro again and introduce our illustrious guest. Six foot one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> on my toes. <laughs> on my toes. Uh, Keep the mic a little closer. <laughs> from Fenton Barn Grill, the one and only, Mr. Chuck Nash. There you go, Chuck. Well, welcome, guys. Uh, thank you for uh, allowing me to come out here and pollute your show a little bit. <laughs> if you know anything about us and the majority of our guests, uh, it's polluted. We are we are officially a third world nation when it comes to air rating. Yeah. And this so, is the second time we recorded here at FBAG, Fenton right. Garden Grill. Uh, our first was Dan Donegan. Second? Mm-hmm. Third? Yeah, we did mm-hmm. a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Donegan. It was a little different weather that day. Uh, about 103, I think. Was it hot? Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. It was, it was hot. Beers were cold. Beers were cold. What? Okay, Chuck, let's just get this out of the way. Are the beers colder than the wings are better? <laughs> Tell you what, it's pretty close. And then you add our service, right? You had the staff. Service is that, amazing. <laughs> you had the staff that we put together here. Um, I, I put us the, the staff against anybody in town now. Yeah. I mean... Uh, our trash wings are number one. Mm. Cold beer is kind of hard to argue because a lot of people have cold beer. But then you had the staff that I put together. Uh, it's it's just fun. What's the secret? How do how do you keep the staff? Because coming here a lot of years, there's a lot of the same faces, and in our, right. in this industry specifically, there's a lot of turnover. How do you keep the same gals that are just pumping out the wings and beers, you know, with a smile? You know, uh, well, it's interesting you say that. You know, we really only have two of our original servers. When I took over about four years ago, May, uh, Colleen, who's working tonight, and Megan H. Yeah. You know, are, are and and you know, they're a, a legacy to to the past. Uh, but you know, a key acquisition of talent had to be about nine months into the game, uh, and I was able to convince Alicia Binford to to join the team. I mean, that that was. Uh, uh, you know, messy coming to Fenton Bar and Grill. I mean, she she is a you know rock star professional and you know longstanding you know top server and Soulard and Maggie's and all that and you know the timing just was right you know for a change for her and she knew myself and and uh, obviously you know her her significant other Rick. You know, friends out here, and uh, she, she took a chance, and uh, and then along with that came a concept, which uh, you know talked about a lot, but seldom executed. Uh, pooling their tips. And oh, really? Yeah, and, uh, and and when you're bringing in all stars, you know, it, it, you know they're all used to their own their yeah. own pile, yeah. and that's why the service is at a level. You can't touch it because somebody's always touching your table because yep. they work as a team. Yeah, yeah before cool. before yeah. you guys yeah. showed up, I got here a little early and mm-hmm. was sitting near the bar, mm-hmm. and I had three different folks approach me and ask me if I was doing okay. Yeah, and that's a ten minute time frame. Did whereas, you did you ask every single one of them what's their favorite thing on the menu? <laughs> 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 or did you say, do you have? <laughs> the chicken thighs still? Um, I, well, I was going to bring that up next, which is your service is great, but it's been a while since you've had the chicken thighs. We're special bringing them back on. slowly. Yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's go back in time a little bit. We're gonna, we're going to bounce uh, a little bit ahead of the '84 okay. um, kind of pinnacle mm-hmm. moment. Um, uh, lay of the land. We do this often. Bring on a guest. Mm-hmm. You know, most most of our listeners know at this point they know you're a St. Louis guy, mm-hmm. but you know, there's there's a north-south divide, mm-hmm. there's an east-west divide, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, you know, talk a little bit about home base, 
early days, mm-hmm. club, you know, walk us through up to mm-hmm. St. Mary's. All right. Well, you know, it started in South St. Louis, you know, St. Joan of Arc. Um, you know, my dad, my dad ran the Boys Club of St. Louis for 47 years, and he knew nothing about soccer. If it wasn't for uh, my uncle Mike Rudolph and, and uh, John Ackfield's father, uh, <clears throat> Al, you know, coaching the team that we're all in kindergarten together, and you know, it's fall, so they really didn't have football down at the boys' club for, for young people. So, yeah, go ahead and play. Well, you know, because in his mind, eighth grade, I'm switching back over to football, baseball, and basketball. Well, you know, it so happened that there was a phenomenal youth coach living in the neighborhood, John Trana. They ran the South City Saints. Right. You know, so, <clears throat> you know, playing, you know, with Rick Banahan, who then, so Rudolph and Ackfeld turned the program over to uh, Rick Banahan, who was young, you know, re- just married, and, and was coaching us, and kind of, you know, took us to another level. And then we transcended, transcended over to South City Saints, and some phenomenal players from, you know, South Side. And again, I'm proud to be from the South Side, and uh, you know, DeBerg, St. Mary's. Uh, you, know, it, you know, we have some pitchers hanging inside. We won a big tournament in, uh, up in uh, Olmstead, Ohio. You know, a lot of international teams and. That's when they finally, uh, Mr. Ackfield, Mr. Rudolph, Coach Banahan, Coach Trina, had to go approach my father when I was uh, going into eighth grade, saying, hey, uh, Charlie, uh, football's not in his plans. And uh, if you know my dad, you know, 6'4", about 275, not used to being told what to do or whatever. <laughs> but uh, he, 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 he trusts them and loved them and said, you really think so? And then I was heading... To St. Mary's, you know, I had a lot of different opportunities uh, because of baseball and, and, and basketball, not so much soccer, but they were looking, you know, the, you know, Chaminade was looking at me, Burroughs, you know, the typical, you know, Desmet. Uh, but, you know, I lived in the city and, and my parents both worked, so getting to those other places wasn't really an option. Right. Well, then walking on to, you know, walking into St. Mary's, at that time there was, what, 1,100, 1,200 guys, you know, you know 300 per class. Uh, you know, and, and hundreds of players. You know, so freshman year, uh, you know, they cut a guy named Dave Bonchek. You know, turned out to be an All-American and a right. phenomenal player. I mean, he gets cut at St. Mary's. You know. Wow. And um, <clears throat> so anyway, I make the team and have a really good freshman year. Then uh, sophomore year, you know, they, I get I make varsity, which was, you know, there was only ten Division One players on that team. You know, <laughs> and then uh, only, you know, only only ten, 10 only ten. <laughs> You know, Begali and Meyer and Gavain and Bursick and McDermott, Barra and Bonchek and myself. I mean, you just, just keep rolling it off, you wow. know. Heard a few but, of those guys. You know, but, we, but we, you know, um, but but there was a couple coaches in high school that really, you know, we had a, a Mr. Betlock, Coach Betlock, a nice guy, you know, Superman. Uh, but sometimes having too much talent is a curse. You know, everybody thinks if you have yeah. a lot of talent, you're going to win. No, it's you know, was there egos or no? But were there a lot of other coaches on the sideline trying to direct these eleven people? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, looking back, I mean, you know, we didn't win anything. You know, and uh, but we all accomplished our individual goals of getting to the next level and winning a lot of championships. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, college championships, which we'll go into in a little bit later. But you know, it it, it you know it was very um, disappointing. But a couple people, coaches in mind. One of your guys, Coach Baker, yeah. you know, uh, was very complimentary. We played in the tournament, uh, CYC tournament final. We get beat. Fernandez beats us 2-1 out of Vianney. Hell of a game. 
And uh, after the game, you know, he was very complimentary and, and uh, you know, said some nice things in the paper. And plus, you know, they were, you know, during the recruiting network, you know, so everybody's moving around. The same thing with Coach Viatello and Coach Mickler. So, so let me ask you about that because there's so many like undercurrents within the the St. Louis soccer scene historically, as it pertains to North v South. You know, Baker obviously is on the East right, side, right, right. but he was a North County guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're a born and bred South City guy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what did did you realize, or did you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder going through that process, being a St. Mary High School player, playing on a South City club, and then when you do start to clip at higher tournaments, higher levels, did it start to make sense that the soccer scene was bigger? Were you aware of the scale of just how good everybody was on the north side, on the east side? Uh, how, how did you, how did you navigate through that? Yeah, um, I mean that 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 class of uh, I guess it would be eighty one or eighty at all state team. I mean you know north and south and one of the best recruiting trips ever, and it was the only college to pull it off was uh, Coach McKenzie at Quincy. He had he had Stallings, he had Stallings and Baker and Cavanaugh, myself. Bonchek and Barra all on the same recruiting weekend in Quincy, Illinois, for their, for you know, and it, it, what, I mean, you know, and that was the only time they kind of even integrated. Because if you look at Sloop in those years prior, you know, the, the thing that was most disappointing to me was, yeah, they looked at me, Slew did, and SIU, but because they were told, well, you're, you'd be a great center back, you know, and I probably would have been a great center back, but my philosophy was until I stopped scoring. You know what? I could always go back, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you finish Division One with 50 goals. You know what? I never finished, stopped scoring. You know, and so yeah, because they were playing. You know, the North Strikers, you know, the up front guys were small, short, fast, right? Well, then the transition to the bigger, stronger forwards, kind of where you know Vanager. You know, you go back and you know Draggy. You know, the, you know South, the South Side Strikers were always bigger. Danny Mayer. You know, from yep. beyond. You know, I mean. You know, name. I know I'm missing a lot of people, but you know, my mind's just racing here. Sure, but yeah. but you could see the site. You know, they had Sullivan up north. The, you know, McVeigh brothers, and you know, the you know, you know, they were just, you know, Hayes. You know, that whole group, right? And um, <clears throat> so, you know, that that's where the divide was. And then all these teams that you know, the, I guess it was ODP back then, but it really wasn't. But it was always slide it. They always take Daryl and take Mikey. You know, and they pull them over. And okay, you're on the team. And then. We might get a to- one other token South guy, and it's all loaded north, right? You know, like, okay. So you know, I, 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 so, I mean, th- th- this is the point of my question yeah. yes. because I mean, you were you were living and embedded in that heyday yeah. where it was to a degree the post slew true dominance, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of like uh, um, uh, uh, competition, mm-hmm. put it politely. Well, yeah. you look at you look at it, right? '73 was their last championship, okay. And then what happened after that, you know, they were still integrated in, you know, up to 73 where you, you look at the old squads for St. Louis University, they were South and North guys. Yeah. And they won championships. Then it kind of pulled towards more North. If you looked at the rosters, you know, for, you know, during my, you know, all the way through the eighties, whatever, 
and, and there was a lot of South guys they missed that uh, ended up in Indiana, you know, and, you know, and, you know, Michigan State, Michigan State yeah. you know, was yeah. Clemson. I mean, you know, South Carolina. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, and, and most of those are, and there's a lot more national championships on that side of the ledger, you know, and you know, <clears throat> you know, watching the the, the the what I call the the the, the chefs uh, that that really know how to coach or put together a team. St. Louis is its own ingredient. You can't build a whole winning culture on, with 11 of us. But a lot of teams take four or five because of the heart, the fire, the grit. Yeah. You know, and Technical whatever. ability. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's, you know, then you blend in. Like our team, we'll go into it, you know, kind of how it was all blended together. Yeah. You know, to, to win. Because one thing that we found, you know, what we brought to the table, well, when you got down by one, you didn't quit. Yeah. You know, you come back and win two to one. You know, yeah. and... Uh, so you you uh, you're getting us to this point, uh, Doctor Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's referenced. He's the father of mm-hmm. Clemson soccer. Mm-hmm. He started the program in the late mm-hmm. '60s, mm-hmm. and he was there till the mid '90s. '90s, right, right, um, right. Uh, can you tell us the story of how you end up there? Mm-hmm. Um, he comes calling, and, and just get us into that time frame because um, whenever I see you, mm-hmm. um, there is not a Clemson article of clothing not on you <laughs> they're the pride for Clemson soccer and then we'll get into and the Eddie what, Van Halen you know, underwear what, what, what just happened I mean they, yeah. they're, they're reigning national yeah. champs um, they're loaded with stars as you know um, talk yeah. about Clemson and how you got there mm-hmm. and about Dr. Ibrahim well let's start with Dick Westbrook okay I mean Dick Westbrook um, you know uh, thought very highly of me as a striker and um you know, he was. You know, a lot of and a lot of college coaches that were smart would always come into St. Louis to visit with who. For for our for our listeners, talk about who Dick Westbrook is. I, to me, he's the greatest teacher coach of all time. You know, he's a Southside coach. Uh, coaches for passion, not for money. Uh, I, I mean, how many thousands of kids, men, men and women? You know, he coached yeah, and, yes. and won, won with. You know, and uh, so he, you know, he put uh, Dennis Grace. Uh, who was the Indiana um, assistant coach on me um, early, you know, like sophomore year uh, and, and, uh, in college. And then Grace leaves and goes to Indiana State and takes over and starts building the program over there. <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to South Carolina. Burson's on me since my junior year, you know, scored 20 something goals my junior year, come back senior year, 30 something goals. You know, no reason to not, you know, I mean, things are clicking. They still need it. He comes flying into town and, you know, comes to the school and, okay, walks right past me and signs Tim Barrow. You know, you know good for Timmy, but I'm like, oh, isn't that a kick in the shins? You know, and uh, so, you know, I'm like, you know, and I go, okay, really? So, uh, so Grace, you know, takes the job at Indiana State and his first recruit, Two years before me was a guy, you know, by the name of Jamie Swanner. Oh, yeah. Heard right? of him. Yeah. And then, so Swanner and him are up there. And the next thing you know, yeah, I'm going to go to Indiana State. You know, I was looking at SMU, or SMU was looking, and you really didn't know. But I'm like, okay, well, <clears throat> so I committed to Indiana State. Well, I'm on my uh, uh, senior trip down to Daytona Beach, and uh, I get home that night, you know, from 10 days of debauchery. <laughs> you, made home you, mean, you mean you stayed late at church yeah exactly okay. and uh you know i get home and i'm like you know i 
you know, they pick me up to the airport and we get home and it's quiet. And I'm like, you know, oh, what's going on here? You know, so I, somebody die him, you know, I'm like, and, uh, hey, uh, Coach uh, Grace is no longer at uh, uh, Indiana State. He's gone. And I go, what do you mean gone? And they go, yeah, he's no longer the head coach. Um, he took the assistant head coaching job at Clemson and he wants you to come to Clemson. I go, is that with the P in it? C-L-M-P-S-O-N? I mean, where, where the hell where were, we, where were we talking about? I mean, there was no yeah. Google search or anything like that. I mean, we're going to encyclopedias <clears throat> and trying to look, where the heck is Western Carolina, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, so Ibrahim had been trying to, to make a push for, to Americanize the program. And, uh, and it failed miserably a couple times. And, you know, and, and so in 79, I knew a little bit about Clemson because SIU beat them 3-2 in Tampa right. went, went, went in a national championship, and, and, and they were looked great in their orange uniform and, and all Nigerians. You Who know, was play. that goalie? The Gedemeyer. Gedemeyer. Gedemeyer, Gedemeyer yeah. was in that game. Yeah, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, um, that's all I knew about them. And uh, I go, sure. You know, I go, uh, you know, so they, the next day, packed the bag and off to the airport and flying in and seeing this orange clay dirt and, you know, stuff. I'm like, Wow, and then it's hotter than hot, you know, yeah. and uh, but the field's beautiful. Probably. Oh yeah, yeah, no, you know, and I'm like, I, you know, I go and they had a they had a kind of a chump center forward named Nomni Nawakachag, you know, what I mean, yeah, right, <laughs> six, six three to two twenty ran like a deer, you know, only had fifty goals his freshman year, you know, what I mean, and and uh, so he was he was a junior, so yeah, come in and understudy, and and they liked the big strikers and and all that, and uh, so anyway, Swanner and I. You know, Swanner has to sit out, so I get down there, and and it was rough. I mean, because they knew, they knew uh, we were coming down there, and and I, I still remember first day of practice. You know, some you know Nigerian takes me from down from behind. I get up, I break his jaw. I go, <laughs> what are we gonna do now? I go. My parents are just as broke you, as yours, man. Do you, <laughs> did you land that on the hill? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it wasn't a sucker punch like they do on the hill. <laughs> <laughs> this is a straight shot. Shots crack. fired, Stelzer. <laughs> so, <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so then, yeah, yeah, Matt. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, you know, it kind of started there, and that's where kind of like, you know, and I can't believe it's been 40 years, you know, uh, this year is our 40th anniversary of the national championship, and getting to see a lot of the guys at, uh, two weeks or three weeks ago in, in Louisville for the national championship, and then this past weekend with the player of the year, you know, the whole, you know, I'm the, I'm the father of St. Louis Clemson soccer. I From was Africa. <laughs> and we kind of went full circle there, didn't we? <laughs> he's, he's part of the southern hemisphere exactly. of St. Louis. The yeah. south side. Yeah, we went full circle there. We went trying to go well, from let, Africa to United States, American players. Let's, let, let's, let's go back to, Jared was alluding to it, and, and you were talking about that introduction that mm. transition you talked about the pathway mm. what i want to do is go back into the household mm. and this is a common theme that i'd love to hear about because i, I know enough about your family mm. to know and you just referenced the fact you know you guys grew up working class mm. right mm. and your dad was down at the boys club mm. for years and years and years it was all about giving back but you didn't have a lot so what did it mean to your parents when you were walking out that senior year at St. Mary's and and all this plays out and you're going to the ACC, you're going to a big time school to go get an education 
on a scholarship playing a sport that your dad probably wasn't a big fan of a few years earlier. Mm -hmm. What did that mean to you and your family to be able to make that, take that burden off of them? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, well, one, I, it was very disappointing for my father because I turned down some significant baseball scholarships, Oklahoma State Ooh. and in Missouri and some other places. I was pretty good, pretty good pitcher and, you know, baseball player. And if I had a little bit of sense, you know, I might have hung around a little bit longer throwing baseballs, but, <laughs> you know, I only thought there were starters. And I'm like, what do you do every, you know, just sitting here for seven, 100 games Every you drink other beer game. and play cards. <laughs> right, spit sunflower, sunflower seeds. Yeah. You know what I mean, and uh, so anyway, you know, I disappointed him when I told him that I'm going to go to Indiana State on, you know, on a full ride. And you know, he's like, well, okay, you know, you're not paying, so you know, okay, you can go. Well, and then Clemson, same offer. So you know, it was, you know, because again, like I said, we come from humble beginnings, and uh, uh, you know, hey, all they cared about was me getting a degree. I'm the first in the family to get a degree from college. And that was their number one priority. They did what research again. I mean, this was back in eight, you know, eighty-one, eighty. I mean, you know, we didn't have the data that we right. had, except okay, you know, and, you know, and you're looking and you're hitting, they're sending you the books, and you're looking. Oh my God, there's not a white guy on the team. You know what I mean? And you know, it's like you know, you trust it, and then you know, as a parent, we're we're all parents now. You hope you do a good job raising them, so when it when it is time to leave, you know, they do good things. So I leave in August. <clears throat> My parents don't even see the school or even know where I'm at until late October when they were able to come down for a two-game tournament yeah. over the weekend. And I mean, so, I mean, I, I mean, they're, and we're on the phone once a week and, that, and you know, you're trying to paint a picture of what's, how's it going and, you know, hearing that. And I still tell my dad it's the best coaching job he ever did. Keep, you know, because, you know, you want to put, tuck your tail and run, man. You know, I'm going back. I'm coming home. You know, he goes, you ain't coming home, man. Or you're going to the factory. Well, and it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's interesting, too, because it's not an easy school to get to, even no. driving. No. So getting to Greenville and then to, right. into Clemson. I can only imagine then in the late 70s. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I, I would like to know, like your dad being a football, basketball, baseball mm -hmm. guy, you're, you're going you're going to be a sycamore. Well, Larry Bird just... No, no, no. This was Indiana State Evansville. Oh! Not Terre Haute. Oh, okay, okay. Because okay. yeah, okay. yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. the whole time, Larry Bird's the first-round draft pick. Yeah, yeah. No, no. He like, know, no, he, he, that's where he was, you know. But it was close, right? Two hours. And and we and we, and the neat thing is we're going to get to play against Indiana and Evansville and all oh, the yeah. people that, yeah. that, you know, that passed on you. And... Uh, but uh, it, that didn't work out, but it, it did work out, you know. Yeah. So Grace, yeah. so to finish with Grace, Grace makes it one year down there. So then he blows out, you know, and then he ends up taking a Notre Dame job. So, which kind of full circle, Paul Devine and Guion and all those guys, I run into them in Louisville, you know, and I'm knowing them here in town, and, yeah. and uh, they're good good guys, but, you know, they're rooting their team on, and I'm, and uh, but we're, we're connected through Dennis Grace. Because Grace, wow. re Grace recruits them to Notre Dame. You know, it's Kevin Bacon's type of stuff, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is St. Louis. We are like half a degree of separation. Yeah. Hey, here's here's what we're going to do. We're out here at Finn Bar and Grill <laughs> chatting with Chuck Nash. Uh, all things South City, Clemson, and beyond. A uh, little bit more Van Halen on the way out. Take a break. We're going to get some refills. When we come back, we're going to talk about national championships and the current state of collegiate <laughs> soccer. That you, you nodding your head there, Jared? You down with that? Yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back.
I'm gonna get a little water. You guys need anything? The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. Let's go. Giving you, giving you a little guitar love there, J-Rod. I just, I just picture Chuck Nash just... Just running out there in Clemson preseason, not stretching, just scissor kicks, biking, just just going straight out there. No cool down, no stretching, no nothing. Just with a rat t-shirt yeah. underneath oh, no, the kid. I had the freaking uh, mullet. Oh yeah, mullet. I had the mullet, man. Don't, don't mess me up, man. Well, we are we're back here at Finn Barn Grill chatting with Chuck Nash. Uh, a little bit more 1984 rock and roll here. Rat, round and round. One of my all-time favorites. This is a fast skate song. You know, you go to those skating parties. Yeah. You couldn't wait for this one. You skate fast. Do you skate backwards to this one, JB? Uh, no, no, no. no. You say, you, because I, too, had a mullet with curls on it. You had to let that shit flow. Oh, oh boy. That's a terrible sight. To oh, no. Oh, I got VHS. Oh, I'm sure. My dad was a dick. <laughs> All right, here we go. We are back. Um, we've been talking a little pathway, a little bit north-south, a little bit of uh, making mom and dad proud, etc., etc., etc. Go, go I, ahead, Jeff. I want to go back to back. something that you, you talked about when you first got there, which is prior to your arrival um, and a couple others, it was a very international team. Mm-hmm. And on this show, we have discussed how that's a pervasive challenge within the NCAA today, even this week, uh, still talking about Missouri State and a couple other And he specifically teams. said they were trying to go American. Right. And so I would love to hear kind of obviously your first impression left an impression on somebody's facial bones, mm-hmm. but how did you get into a, a situation where you were able to kind of help build that team? And can you talk about that process of going from possible animosity because of just cultural differences into a team that could win a national championship. I would love to hear kind of that story about how did you guys gel enough to get to the point where you're winning a national championship? Okay. And as you're answering that question, you know, in the 84 year, Mm -hmm. when they were trying to build an American, how many Americans were on the team when you guys won as, as you answer Zach's question. Right. Right. Cause 79, they, you guys, Clemson was runner up. Yeah, runner up to seventy nine. Right. And and I mean the, the, the amount the, the amount of talent that you know Clemson had before I, I showed up in eighty one off the charts. I mean, you know, the Popos and the 
Paleo. I mean, just you just go on and on. All, you know, they're all Green Eagles. They all, you know, most of them played on the Ghana and uh, uh, Nigerian national teams. Ibrahim mm-hmm. not only had, was the first soccer coach, but he also coached track. So he had 21 dudes wow. that could play and run, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, and then, you know, then he ventured over. He brought in a guy named Gary Parker from uh, Akron. Uh, or Cleveland State. Uh, anyway, what, uh, Ohio. He was an English guy. So that was Ibrahim's uh, first voyage into trying to get some Americans. Well, what did Parker do? He went over and picked up seven freaking English dudes and brought them over, you know. <laughs> so you got, you got these guys. So there's a lot of weaning in and out. Yeah, there was a couple walk-ons when I showed up in 81. Uh, <clears throat> you know, that were, you know, that, that were just Americans from that went to school there, you know. Nice kids, nice guys, you know, and, and uh, but really not no players. Uh, I mean, uh, so the freshman year again, you know, we were number number three in the nation. We get upset in uh, in the uh, uh, quarters, you know, uh, by Alabama A and M, and uh, you know, and that's when you kind of saw the you know the heart. You know, I was a freshman. And there was a and I just showed up and did my job. You know, I worked hard. You know, again, you know, I, I needed I needed that scholarship as much as they needed that scholarship, man. So I ain't getting sent home. You know, and and you know, and they had a really structured program for study hall. I mean, you were in that study hall Sunday through Thursday until you got over a 3-0. Well, that took me a few years to get out of it, but you know, I I, I got out. Of it. <laughs> That's a Southside thing. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, we got there. I never gave up. But so then sophomore year, I was. I was kind of heralded as the captain and that's what they still call me now the captain you know with or without the stripes you know is leading by example and kind of then help recruit you know you know you, you had to be strong enough to recruit which you know uh, god bless my late brother joe i mean he was connected to the players you know i mean you know because of the way the, the transition went with me i mean when i went it was over i mean i i, I lost a lot of connectivity back in st louis kind of Who's doing what? Because again, we're, you know, there's no cell phones or anything. Yeah. And my brother Joe was playing with the Fluid Air Flyers in West 75, and uh, <clears throat> and that whole group there. So then we sent a guy named uh, 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 Greg Andrulis, who was the assistant coach, who took over for Grace, um, <clears throat> and uh, he was a goalkeeper coach, and, um, and and he came in, and my brother pointed him to 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 the next wave of St. Louis, and so. What happened, you know, and so Jamie and I are the first two St. Louisans. They miss, we miss in 82. And in 83, we get Connors, Gary Connors, and Genovese, Fortner. Uh, anyway, I'm missing a couple. But anyway, so they get four or five. And then my brother couldn't get in because of academics. So he ends up, up, up at uh, Lindenwood, you know. And, um, so anyway, and then the next year they load up with Rutenis. So that it, what they really did was raid, you know. Again, and all those guys were Southside guys, most of them. And then they did venture over a little bit, pulled out Fortner from uh, Bill from Desmet and Dave from CBC, and you know. So then they start building all that together. But those are all '87 guys. Only guys I care about are the '84. <laughs> I mean, we were the first. You know, the first is you know, and still to this day, you know, reminiscing with a lot of them. You know, you know, at the at the championship a couple of weeks ago, and in this past week, you know, it, it's always the beat of first is nobody could ever take it from you. You know, you know, and stack them. You know, just like I said, that you know the the team that won in '23 may, makes my '84 even more shiny. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, it does. you know. So you know, and uh, but I'm very proud of that. You know, but 
it's like wine. It gets better with age. You know, when you're going through it, I mean, you lose eight games in four years. I mean, you know, against top competition, you know, in the ACC plus our national schedule. I mean, we never got less than eight. The year we went in 84, we'll go in a little bit more detail. We shouldn't have won it. I mean, but we were playing with house money for the first time. We were like, and just like this 23 team, we were unranked for the first time ever going in the tournament. So, um, and then we we went we beat got hot. We, yeah we beat number one, number two, number three, number four, number five to win it. You know, wow, so man. you know, and uh, <clears throat> so anyway, but when we finally pulled it off, um, we had ten. We had, well let me well my brother joins the team in '83. So my brother and I are brothers on the national championship team. There's a, the Dowd brothers. There's two sets of brothers that are on the team, and that kind of unique and special yeah. to, to, to know that and uh, um, you know to, 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 to do something with your brother is pretty cool and um, but when you're going through the battle you just think it's your job you know and then when you get time the older you get you reminisce a little bit and you go like, oh, damn that was pretty so you, did you say there was there was 10 Americans on that team Probably 14, but 14. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 players 10 so, players so for 10. our listeners 23. There's 33 kids on this Clemson team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Zero. There is 30% uh, of the roster is international, and 47% of the playing time is from international players. Mm-hmm. So it's done a 180 twice. Mm-hmm. So a 180 when you got there, and then and how long into the 90s with Ibrahim did he keep it American? Well, that was interesting because, again, it started in 81, and then it ended in about 96 Yenzer, I think that's why I sent the text out to the boys and I said, okay, when did the train stop? Because it stopped and it stopped cold and it hasn't, we haven't, they haven't put one back in since the, the, the late 90s. And uh, Eve kind of fell out of grace and his style of coaching, it wouldn't work today. You know, it was, it was, what have you done for me lately? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I was so, pre- I was so prepared for business and life because, you know, people go, when do you start working? I go, 18. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, these, these scholarships were, you know, per quarter, per semester, you know. And, and you got uh, your dick knocked in the dirt. Yeah, oh, oh, you know what? You had to learn how to battle. Yeah. I never, I, you, you could not, I could not afford to get hurt or miss a practice. Because, you know what, you'll get buried. And I saw it happen to guys on my team. I mean, what happened? Boom, you know, they get Wally pipped, man. You know, when you. So so let's talk, let's talk about, though, the, that emotional reality, the the, the the cognizance of the moment, mm-hmm. you know, coming from a true soccer town. Mm-hmm. You understood the game at a different level, mm-hmm. uh, in addition to going to a program that has these, uh, you know, foreign nationals that have played at, you know, big, big tournaments all over the world. You understood the game. But, you know, you mentioned earlier, club team was good. You played, you know, won some tournaments. High school never really won the big one, but you played with great players. Mm-hmm. Now you go to Clemson. You describe those four years, you know, the incredible success, the win ratio. Mm-hmm. But that 84 year in the tournament, mm-hmm. did you ever have a moment where it was like an aha moment? Like, this is what all those OGs back home that are up on the north side and, you know, over on the hill that they all talk about their trophies and their the pedigree and that star. And you're in the tournament and you guys are entering into, say, the semifinals going into the final. Did you ever, did it ever resonate for you like 
I'm going to be one of those guys. I want to be one of those guys. And I just did it on my own terms because Clemson was not on the St. Louis radar, right? Yep. You guys were the pioneers. What did that mean to you? And what, what was going through your head at that time? Yeah, um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of emotion. I mean, it started, it, it really started. <clears throat> so we started off 84, number one in the nation. We opened up UConn 6-0, pound them. Next game, U- University of North Carolina at North Carolina 8-0. The girls, Mia Hamm and all them are booing the men's team off the pitch. I mean, then we roll, so then we, we're, we're 5-0. We roll into Bloomington, number one, we, and we play UCLA on a Friday night, and we got Indiana on, on, a, on a Sunday. Uh, we lose 4-3 uh, uh, Friday night. Uh, to UCLA, and then we come back and lose 3-2 to uh, Indiana on Sunday. We go from number one in the country to out of the top 20. It was only the 20 back then, not the top 25. So now, you know, we're like, okay, you know, and then we, we, we punts around a little bit more because there was, a, there, there, there was a, another transition because now you had St. Louis guys, and now they're bringing in dudes from Virginia and Florida and you know, now you got to get all that working together too, and that did that didn't just all of a sudden you, you throw out. You know, they all have egos. They all think their you know, their region's the best. You know, and you got guys like Bruce Murray. You yeah. know, you got guys, yeah. you know like Eric Eichmann. You know, what I mean, you got national team dudes, and uh, and and that took some you know a, a lot of work. You know what I mean by that is not just on the field to gel. Yeah, well, yeah, and thank God we lived the way we did. We lived in a dorm. We were all together. We, I mean, we ate together, we slept together, we drank together. There was a lot of stuff that took place. And it juice. Took, it, it take, juice. Yeah, we it knew juice. We, we knew we were good. <laughs> we knew we were good. But then, you know, but it, it, we, we didn't gel. So anyway, so now we're halfway through the season. He's like, you know, screw it. You know, my playing time started getting cut down. I'm a senior. He's starting to get the freshmen in. It makes sense. I mean, you know, we're not going to go to the tournament. Well, then we string together, you know, eight, ten rows. It comes down to the last game of the year, South Carolina. And we had never lost to South Carolina. All South Carolina had to do, we're playing at South Carolina. And all South Carolina had to do was either tie us or beat us. And they, they would go on. And we were we were going home. The graveyard. Yeah, the graveyard. So we get down there, and so we get to Columbia on a on a Saturday, and uh, you know I knew some coeds down there, and we went out and had a couple cold beers, and I'm like, they're going, hey, Cap, you know we got curfew at 12. It's don't worry about me, I'll be all right, boys. I ain't gonna see the pitch today, tomorrow. So I might have stayed out a little bit later and had a few more. Well, the next morning, surprise, surprise, the assistant coach comes up and he goes. Uh, Chucky, you're starting today. I go, what do you mean I'm starting? He goes, you know how superstitious Ibrahim is. I go, yeah, I know. He goes, you own them. I mean, I had seven of my, my 50 goals were against South Carolina, which, remember, I told you who recruited me heavy in junior and senior yep. year and left me at the altar? Oh, payback's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we're in this game. So, we're in this. We're in the game. It's back for hot, cold. And, again, Timmy Bear, good friend, Captain with me at St. Mary's. I mean, I love the guy. I mean, you know, and he's marking me, and, and, you know, I'm notorious near post, near post. Well, I decided to kind of stop. He goes near post, boom, 1 1. You know, we're tied up 1 1. They go back up 2 1. We tie it up 2 2. 
I mean, and I'm dead because I had a long night the night before. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they're not wearing that vault uh, catapult thing that monitored my heart. I mean, <laughs> so, so we're, they, we're, they would have sent the ambulance they, they, to the field. Like, oh, get man, that guy they, off. Oh, I mean, I had more foam on me than Secretariat. You know, so, <laughs> so, so we, get to, we get to overtime, and uh, a ball comes across. I'm supposed to be covering Timmy. And uh, he, you know, and he, he, all he has to do is say thank you, put the ball in the net, and the game's over, right? Well, he hits it over the post. Well, now there's about two minutes left in the game. It's a 50-50 ball. Warren Lipka from Lindbergh High School was the goalie for them. A 50-50 ball hits right in no man's land. I give everything I have. Bang, off my head. Slow motion. We win 3-2. And then the story begins. And wow. it was like, then, then we roll in and we got Virginia. And then we have, well, we beat Johnny Hummel for NC State first round with uh, Tab Ramos. And he still comes in here? Hey, yeah. He, well, that's why all my buddies come in. And I'm like, guys, uh, you know, you're, you're you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm eight and old against you guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I have 10 goals at this point. Yeah, and Hummel, and Hummel still counts the, pre, uh, the off-season game. I go, we, who plays in off-season? Yeah. <laughs> So, so anyway, we get on that roll, and and you know, and and that's when, you know, we, we go we go NC State, we go at Virginia, or no, NC State, Duke, Virginia, UCLA, and then Indiana, and we we got to avenge all the losses. So I get hurt, I get hurt at UCLA, and uh, and again we, we go out there and beat them for nothing. Autorobio, our All-American center back, hit a bomb from like 40 yards out, and uh, you know, and and kind of you know, and I had I had a I I had, I had a pretty good career against Indiana too. I scored, played them th uh, two times. The third time I was hurt, I didn't get to play in the finals, but because uh, it was on the, it was a turf toe issue, and we're playing on the turf in the PNP uh, Pacific Northwest, <clears throat> right in the old right. King Dome, and it was beautiful, right? We were there. Saturday during warm, right after a football game, you know, I mean, it's like you, you're burning up. Well, the next night we show up, they, they have a nice crowd, about 8,000 people, but in a 60,000 seat dome, it was the coldest game I think I was in in college. I mean, it was nuts. And then we beat Indiana and Gary Connor scores a goal and, and then, uh, we, then we get back to St. Louis. And, and so talk about crazy. So there's 10, 14 of us. Indiana had probably had eight to 10. We all meet in uh, either Westfall or McNary's office in the county, and they have like a re resolution for St. Louis soccer. Yeah, and we all meet and give everybody a key, yeah, cut the so, ribbon. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But you're looking around, it's like, I mean, there's a lot of dudes from St. Louis. That's on there, awesome. You know, I mean, that, and yeah, that uh, is so cool. Yeah. Well, let, let's so so let's springboard. Let's let's jump up to 2023. Yep. Your alma mater. Pulled it off again. Mm -hmm. The collegiate landscape, um, the usual suspects are still on the board every single year. Um, we were alluding to kind of the the current debate du jour. Uh, you know, the, the the Marshalls, the West Virginias, the Floridas that that are literally running most state, most state. <laughs> most state. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're, you're looking at 85, 90, 95 percent international students. Mm -hmm. Uh, your team more split, a little bit more parity there, you know, domestic to foreign. When you look at the game and you look at the quality of the play, you went, you watched, we, we watched on television. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, do you have kind of a compare contrast analogy or a take on what's going on with the college game right now uh, or a theory as to what is it about the Clemsons, the Indianas, you know, Georgetown, Stanford, yeah, because you're talking about different coaching staffs. I mean, we are now two, three, four generations or eight to ten iterations past that window of time in which you were, you you know, clipping off in. What's going on in college soccer today and why are the usual suspects still at the top of the table? Well, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you because I'm, I'm a proponent until I really, I was one of those people you were describing earlier in your intro, you know, that want to complain and bitch, you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> I mean? No, I mean until, you know, until you take time and investigate and peel the onion and go, okay, why? And, you know, so let's go back one step. So Ibrahim's out in a 90, and then they bring in uh, Trevor Adair, Adair uh-huh. um, and he's the ex-assistant uh, at, at, at South Carolina who never beat us. And then he was at Brown, and then he ends up at Clemson, which was kind of an odd hire. He not, recruited a lot of, you know, Gooch and a lot of great players. They had tons of individuality. I think he had Corey Gibbs at Brown. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, at Clemson. I'm talking uh, then okay. when he got there. Yep. So... But he never connected the, the, the alumni. Ibrahim didn't care because they were most foreigners, and once they finished their schooling, or you know, they're gone. They're gone. Beat I mean, and, and 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 then and then and then Trevor really didn't care for us because we beat him so much. And then so he kind of had his own group. And then Mike Noonan, that was a big hire for us. And I was involved in the search committee 13 years ago when when um, when we brought it in. And I said, hey, and I go, man, you know, you get we need another championship. We need some Americans and. Uh, you need to connect the, the, the alumni, you know, and uh, and he's delivered on all fronts. And uh, he came from Brown as well. He replaces Trevor from Brown. So. So, so paint a picture for us and for the for the listeners, you know, <clears throat> at, at that level, because, it, you know, Jared, you, you chime in whenever you whenever you feel fit. Um, how important is it for any program, but for these power conference teams like Clemson? How valuable is the alumni network um, to to help feed culture or assistance? You know, however you define assistance, how important is the alumni network to be close to the battlefront, so to speak, with a program like a Clemson, in your opinion, given the role that you've played over the last 30, 35 years as an alum? I mean, you know, you know, look at Coach Tiempo down at uh, Mount Verde or down in Florida in Orlando, yep. the yep. At private school. Robbie Robinson, Osama Salas. I mean, every year the top player coming from wherever, it's the IMG of soccer, right? Yeah. And he's a yep. Clemson alumni. Yeah. You know, so, you know, Mike Mike has done a really good job. Mike's done really well <laughs> tapping into that. Yeah, tapping into that. Yeah. You know, why, why go too far from that? And then uh, – well, the number two, the the the, the sweeper we had, uh, Box, you know, you know, South or true freshman, he's gone. I mean, he he's now they, he's on his way to Europe, so you, we won't see him again. But he he was a freshman, steps in center, and the kid who he replaced, Diop from a year before was the number one draft pick in well, MLS. Well, I, I guess here, he, I, I want I want to peel this onion back uh-huh. a little bit further, because we talk about, or I should say, coaches that we've had on the show. That are other D1 coaches, they they talk a lot about culture, the importance of that chemistry, 
and what the program means and defining, you know, potential success through the steps of preparation, paying attention to culture, et cetera. So when you look at your own experience and you look at the 2023 team, where does culture come into play? Like if you were to define it, does Clemson have a true culture that transcends generations? Yes, yes, they do from a point just of the history of the, of the team. But Mike has done a good job. You know, we, they just opened up a brand-new soccer facility, right? For me, closer. Yeah. Brand-new soccer facility for men's and women, $7 million deal. You know, the, it's just state-of-the-art. You know, they kind of, you know, but it has a lot of our history involved. When, we're, when I'm back in town or when, when you know, the, some of the top alumni are back in town, they encourage us. I, I got to look at them in September when I was down for the Florida State game, football game. And I got to look at, at the team and, you know, kind of, you know, and they, well, what do you think? And, you know, man, you know, the, the, relatively it was a, uh, a portal job this year. And, when, mm-hmm. you know, so it was totally out of his norm of, of, of building and building and recruiting that way. And, uh, you know, he had to, you know, so it took a little longer, you know, out of the year we won it in 84. It's kind of funny because him and I are texting when, when they started to run ACC. And I'm like, Oh, I go, man, this us feeling and the like, you know, of kind of the 84. And he's like, are you really? I go, okay, man. And then when 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 Stanford knocks out Marshall, not, you know, and, and now you get Stanford who yeah. punched you, beat the heck out of you in Kansas City a couple years ago, you know, embarrassed you when Jordan Morris put on a show. You know, uh, I mean, we've been only, we've been to six finals and we, we've won four. You know, that's not a bad, a bad beat. That's a high ratio. That's a pretty good ratio, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, 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 uh, you know, but there is a culture, there's a standard, really, and I, I know people, you know, kind of roll their eyes because Dobble brought that in, but, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Dobble as well. I mean, it, it, Clemson's a unique place. That You know, you're, once you're a Tiger, you're always a Tiger, and, and they, they treat you like family 40 years, you know, you know removed, and, uh, and they, they, they value your opinion and, uh, um, you know, and, and support, and, and now with winning, breeds even more you know we, we really want you know i'm so proud of mackenzie duff right now she's the first st louis woman to ever get a scholarship to clemson soccer starting center back and they went to the final four for the first time That's awesome. uh, you know i had the opportunity to be with her friday night brought her down to the awards dinner and to support one of her yeah. uh, col- uh, colleagues you know and uh but what a what a fine young lady she is you know i mean and, and but we need one on the board, and, I, and I, I point blank, and I have a theory about this coaching stuff that I get to hold court with uh, the regulars out here, JD and, and DD <laughs> and Beck, and you know, and go, you know, anyway, the sock, soccer royalty out here, you know, and uh, but you know, I'm like, coach, are we even close? Do we even have one on the radar? You know, that we can, I could throw an NIL at. You know, what I mean, I mean. I'll do an NIL with McKenzie. I mean, I did Corey Schrader last, this past year, you know, so I'm not afraid to do it. And I go, we got anybody even on your radar? And I think they, he said he's got a sophomore or something. They're, they're, they're looking, you know, whatever. But, I mean, it's a, a lot of development. You guys all know what's going on, you know, yeah. there. But, I, you know, why? Why, you know, why isn't St. Louis producing more at that level? I mean, they want them. They want them. But then we kind of, you know, Clemson says they always get picked over because now they're going to SLU or going to choose Indiana. 
and then and then you know and then well I'm not going to come in there and, and you know t- I'm not I don't have to take a sixth or seventh or eighth, eighth best player right. when I could get the best player out of Virginia yeah you know yeah. so I, I want to kind of move a little bit away from the 84 and fast forward to 2016 and I saw something when I was kind of looking more into you and I know you and I've spoken mm-hmm. many times and we have an, an interesting connection uh, with a former company that you mm-hmm. worked with but <clears throat> in 2016 you were selected for the Hall of Fame at St. Mary's mm-hmm. along with somebody else pretty close to you <laughs> and I would love to hear your take on that so if you could tell our listeners that yeah. you along with somebody else yeah, yeah, it was uh, a special night. I mean, it, you know, really, 2016 was a, a tough year. That's when I lost my father. Right. And, uh, you know, really the, you know, really the last uh, seven years have been a, a, a very interesting time of my life, you know, where, you know, I, I, you know, I, I lived my life in full mojo, and my mojo went to nojo, you know, and, uh, and it, it, you know, I had a lot of great people praying for me, and, one of those things where you just got to get out of it but that night uh or that when i when i was uh, uh when when i found out i was uh, uh being inducted into the hall of fame they inducted my father the same night yeah uh posthumously did, did you did you know that they were going to do that uh, they no not until after they they announced and they're like hey um we're, we're, we want to bring your dad in as well and my dad held out my, my dad held out for years he goes, my son did more than I ever did, you know, and I'm not going in. He thought it was a bunch of malarkey, you know, and uh, and I know that, you know, that night, so on the DS there was, you know, uh, was, uh, Semakitis was on there and, I, and uh, uh, Eddie Koff and, you know, literally eight people that were on the DS that night had some type of interaction and involvement with my dad. So it turned out to be kind of a, a Charlie Nash honorary kind of I mean you know you go up with prepared prepared remarks and uh, I, I just kind of lost it you know I mean I, I it was um, you know very humbling but you know it, you know I, I had two great losses my, my father and my brother in a two-year period and uh, damn you know and then my dog of 15 years you know so you know you, you, you three it comes in threes and it came and uh, you know and those were my guys you know they 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 believed in me. They supported me. They loved me. And uh, to lose both of them at one time, or not one time, but uh, in a in a short period of time, was uh, uh, you know tough. But we're getting there. Yeah, and I didn't bring that up to make it sad. Yeah. I, I brought it up because I think more so than a lot of the guests we've had on here is the family connection that you have to your success. Hmm. Yeah. And your your parents pushing you early. And you making a choice to fight it out when you, a lot of people probably would have quit Clemson mm-hmm. <laughs> earlier yeah, on than, yeah. than you stayed just because the adversity and the challenge. But you stuck it out because you were trying to, you know, do something for your family that helped send you there. And I, I just love that story and the fact that they honored your dad along with you mm-hmm. at St. Yeah, Mary's. It's just a, yeah, a really yeah. cool, cool story. Well, I felt it for the neighborhood. I mean, you know, I, I mean, it, you know, growing up in the South City, you know, and, I mean, when I, you know, was training, I mean, and that was one of the big pinnacle parts is when I came back, I got to come home for one summer between my freshman and sophomore year. I came back a man. Yeah. And I was playing in the parks with McDermott and the, you know, in Ledoux High School and playing against all the, you know, St. Louis guys. And, uh, and they're like, 
holy shit. They go, this dude, this dude became, you know, where did these skills come from? You know, again, because a lot of it was uh, self-inflicted, you know, because, you know, my dad, you know, no, you're, you're going to continue to play basketball. You're going to continue to play baseball, mm-hmm. and, you know, because I believe you, you play too much. You're going to get hurt, you know, like over repetitiveness, which, you know, I missed all, out on, you know, the emos and the. Uh, Bushes and, and all that, but I had fun beating them in tournaments, you know, <laughs> and, and the cups. I mean, you know, knocking them out after they won the McGuire Cup, and then the South City Saints roll in and we knock them out at Mullally. And, you know, you know, those are just, you know, great memories. But I mean, we shoot ourselves in the foot so much of not putting the right people together to win, you know. Well, do you think part of that is <clears throat> it's a byproduct of the voluminous success that we have? Because literally every corner, every block of this of this region, you can find talent, and it's not normal. Because you you experience this when you went to Clemson, you at Missouri State. Mm-hmm. You know, you go there. Yes, you get other American players that come up, and they're all good. But then you when you peel back where they're from, mm-hmm. they are a true one percenter. Mm-hmm. Our percentage ratio here oh. is three, four, five, six yeah, percent. Yeah, but I yeah. love what he said earlier about the ingredients mm-hmm. and you look at a team as a, a recipe, mm-hmm. you can't have all St. Louis. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> you got, you gotta have, and even, even within the St. Louis region, you might have a little bit of a different flavor right. or spice. No, you know, I mean, if you really truly, bl- well, who did it in the seventies? Slew did it. They blended it. Well, they were dominant. The 1950 know? world cup team would beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you, know, the, you know, my theory on the coaching again is I see a lot, you know, I, 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 I I'm blessed. I get to go around and, and see some good games and, you know, youth, I, I mean, I'm more into the youth stuff kind of, you know, I'm, you know, kids, people come in and, hey, you think my kid could play here? Or, you know, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not a, ju- a judge of talent. I'm not a trainer. I'm a coach. I, I could coach. I know how to win. And people take that for granted. Just like in this business here, they didn't know how to win before I got here. Yeah. You know, so changing the culture here was, you know, we can have a high standard. You know, we, we, we can win. We can be the best. Yep. And now, you know, people just take that for granted, and it, and it, 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 it is taught how to – but now once you learn how to win, you don't want to lose. Right. And I think that's where, you know, I see, you know, uh, there's too many trainers that are coaching today, and they don't really know how to feel the game, and they're not putting these kids in best pos- positions to succeed. I don't know. I mean, you guys know a lot more than me, but that's just I, I, uh, I, I, uh, 40 that resonates with me. I don't know a fucking thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I concur. That also resonates with me. <laughs> well, let, let me, let me uh, I'm going to lay out just a kind of a, a parting question okay. concept topic. City SC. Mm-hmm. Um, y- y- you grew up here. You love the game. You played the game. I mean, it, 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 realistically, it's your passion right behind trashed wings. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> right, right. When City mm-hmm. kicked off, you know, we knew for a number of years that, A, we got the team. You, you know, you knew mm-hmm. uh, personally the individuals that were pulling this thing together. Mm-hmm. But when they got on the field and last season kicked off, mm-hmm. um, what did you think? Because us realists, mm-hmm. right, I mean, go to the tape. You can go to any episode anywhere near the beginning of the season last year and leading up to it. Mm-hmm. What did we say? Eh, middle of the table at best. Like we were part, we weren't like, hey, we're going to be bottom of the barrel, but we were kind of 
somewhat realistic in our expectation. You, being a soccer guy, you probably had a similar expectation. Like, look, let's just not embarrass ourselves. We're, we're selling out the stadium. But what did it mean to you to see a true professional team here so far past the NASL days and then do what they did? How, how cool was that for you? You know, I was fortunate. I was fortunate enough. I did go to a game, and uh, <clears throat> and I, I was. I, it it, it kind of helped me bring it all full circle. From, you know, some of the best pitches in, in Mulally Field to Heine Miney to to Coke Park. I mean, you know, Francis Field, you know, Bush Stadium. I mean, all these places held international, national matches, and then all of a sudden now to finally have a soccer-only stadium, mm-hmm. to me was was very it completed. The, 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 the role for me on that. You know, so that's one perspective is just having a place that, you know, other great games. I, I'm glad they had the, uh, what, the, the bronze boot bronze game. Boot. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I, I, I mean, you know, that, plans are to have it next year. That's right, really cool. Yeah, but I mean, that, they should, I mean, that, that, you know, some of the, you know, even a, a top, you know, amateur game, you know, I mean, down, you know, I mean, it's, that's what it should be for, you know, yeah. and I hope they, 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 they capitalize on, on that. Um, because it'd be it'd be really cool from a talent perspective you know you, you can never under I mean they, they picked who they wanted they had two years to kind of get their minds right so you knew they were you know and, and with the German <laughs> flavor that they, they went with you know that you know because you that was one of the big guesses okay what you know what are they gonna pick you know they're gonna go German they're gonna go uh, Spanish they're gonna go English you know what you know what, what, what style you know are they gonna adopt through their program so he runs it, you know, he runs it like the Germans, you know, that's fine. So they're going to be very organized. You know, it was nice. They made it through the year, no embarrassments in terms of off field or any of that, you know. Yeah. So, you know, because that's what, you know, when sports today is so disappointing, you know, that yeah. all these kids yeah. are all excited and then and then they get themselves, you know, somebody's doing something they shouldn't be doing and yeah. now and all credibility. It's everybody's business. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. You know, so they've done it either they they were really good guys or they did a good job keeping it under wrap. <laughs> I want to thank you, Chuck. Yep. Uh, and thanks for having us. My my last question is is what's next for Chuck Nash and what's next for Fenton Barn Grill? Well, I tell you, I, I you know, I, I it's amazing sixty, you know, I feel I feel, you know, forty, you know, I, I mean I uh, but you know, sixty you know, I, I, I'm feeling I'm getting back in my groove. Like you I said, I, I'm, thank you. I'm, I, I've dropped uh, a lot of weight. Um, so, you know, so you've been avoiding Matt Stelzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a train wreck there. You know, you know, I, I don't know. I, I know. I, I want, I'm, I'm looking at some type of project or something that, you know, that uh, where I can give back. I mean, besides work. I mean, work is. I mean, when you're good at it and you're passionate about it. I mean, I mean, this is a fun time now. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we 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 we're we're good. We have so much better to go. Giving back, you mentioned nil. We got uh, fifteen. We got freshmen, sophomores. <laughs> yes, we're looking for nils. Very open to nil contracts. <laughs> hey Chuck, hey. Th- thank you for taking the time, man. This has been, been a blast, awesome. uh, guys. Uh, I appreciate you all and and everything you do for this sport and uh, and. Uh, thanks for coming out, and uh, and thanks for giving us a shot. And uh, we're blessed, and thank you, customers who come and support us. Bye. Yes, yeah. Head out this way, Fenton Barn Grill. Uh, literally a what is it about a uh, three wood seven iron from Soccer Park? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe driver five iron, but yeah. 
come get come get the trash wings, get the cold beers. They'll take care of you here. Uh, another Soccer Dad pod wrapping up. Thank you to Explore STL. Um, you guys kill it, man. You, you tell it. good stories. We got a lot of things to do. PinnacleLoans.com. Uh, rates are dropping. Go buy a new house. Do it. Ambush. Do it. Go check out the indoor games. Zach, uh, you're missing Costa Rica, aren't you, man? Right now, right. Especially right now. We're out of here. Yeah, Time for yeah, a little yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Van Halen with the David Lee Roth. Yeah, we'll catch yeah. you next time. Yeah.